Hello, everybody. Welcome to RPG Cast, episode 223 for May 19th, 2012. I'm here with Anna Marie Neufeld. Oh, it's gonna be a good one. <laughs> Who's in unintelligible babble is coming at you from two hours ago Pacific time zone. Mm, you caught me in a yawn. Oh, in a yawn. Ah. Coming to us from the future, John Yearworth. See, the amusing thing is, I actually only got up about an hour and a half ago. <laughs> okay. Jeez. Apparently, uh, yes, the person I who's did. been awake most on the I call sl- is me, Christopher Vatier. <laughs> I slept in until half past three in the afternoon. Sue me. I was catching up on sleep. Yeah. Fair enough. I would do it too if I could. Were you busy playing Era 37, Quinn? No. No. I, when we get to now playing, I will just I will explain how little I give a crap about Diablo 3. Ooh. Oh, I'm looking forward to this. Didn't know we needed an explanation. Oh, yeah, of course we do. Alrighty. I, I have some fun Diablo 3 news in the MMO in a minute. Do you? Too. Yeah. All right. So uh, we should start with our feedback. We're a little shorthanded this week, so it'll be a fast one. Oh, we sure do. Our email's working again. So if you'd like to submit feedback to the show at the moment, you can email us at podcast at rpgamer.com or call us at 608-729-4098. Though I must warn you, we got a voicemail this week from good old Master Chief. The problem is it's a three-minute long call, and I'm not going to subject you guys to that. 30 to 60 seconds, guys. Keep the call short. <laughs> you don't need to talk about three topics. Keep it short and pithy. Then we can play it right here on the air. All right. First off, an email from AKZ says, Hello, everybody. I am a longtime fan of your podcast. Your two hours or so podcast makes long dynamis so much more bearable. Oh, this poor guy's still playing dynamis. I hope any comfort we can bring to you I, hey, makes me one happy. One day I still want to do dynamis. No, no, you don't. Uh, anyway, question for Chris, RP they, Gamers. They, they changed how it worked, remember? What? Is it not still two hours of running around killing stuff uh, over and over and over again, waiting for drops? No, I was going to say they changed it so it's now mostly soloable. Oh, okay. You, in other words, I think if you now spend two hours, like, you know, doing going for drops, you kind of subject yourself to it and nobody else. Ah, all right. Fair enough. Well, because, you know, level cap's 99. Things have changed. I still didn't expect you could solo it, and even if you could, I would think it would take more time. But okay. Well, as I said, I I I've, I have heard that it is now soloable. Alrighty. I'll go ask me. Ask um. You should ask this guy. He's playing it. He's listening to our well, podcast while doing it. Tidball, you know. I, he doesn't play Dynamis anymore. I know that. I think he finally unsubscribed from Eleven. Wow. Oh yeah, because that's because he said he finished it. Uh yeah. Well, they just announced something new in Eleven that was like going to keep him from unsubscribing but i think he's still unsubscribed though he'll probably come back to that new thing they added later but uh he's definitely playing terra a lot right now so i think that's what got him out of 11 for the most part anyway this guy writes in and says question for the rp gamer podcast cast what is your most memorable desert i don't know what that that means okay the the figaro castle desert in final fantasy 3 says anna earth 6 what am i doing uh do you have a favorite desert, John? I don't know. That would probably, I think that was reason, a reasonably unique desert. It's a pretty awesome desert because it has a sinking castle in it. I'm going to go with that, too. What's our most yeah. me- memorable forest? Oh, um, 
Ah, crap. Um, I had a good one here. I forgot what it is. I think for me it would be the first time I walked into a Chocobo Forest in Final Fantasy IV. Yeah, that's what I was thinking of too. I was like, woo! Black Chocobo Forest in Final Fantasy IV. I was thinking of um, uh, Secret of Mana, actually. Ooh, a lot of forest in that game. Find oh, a sword that in forest that never ends unless you do it right? Oh, uh, no, I was thinking of the Mana Holy Land because it's, it's foresty. It's also highly plot relevant and all that crap. <laughs> what is your favorite mountain or most memorable mountain? Hmm. Yeah. Uh, mountains. Mountain. In the mountains. Um, That's actually what one, I was going to say. From Final I think Fantasy it would be right. <laughs> <laughs> What's that, Quinn? That one from Final Fantasy VI. That one? <laughs> the one with the gateway to the... Um, oh, were you going through the base thing. of the mountain to go to the Esper land? Yeah. All right. Sure. Maybe. Don't know. Uh, why not? Oh, no. Uh, I, you mean the one where the statue is at the top of the mountain? No. Nope. Uh, that was a floating continent. Oh, right. Okay. Yeah, we never really figure out where he found... Oh, I guess they were on the ground before it was floating. So, never mind. Um... Yeah, I don't know. Mountain, mountains, uh, mountain, mountain man, mountain, walking mountains. Some mountain in, I have no idea. Uh, first mountain that comes to mind is where you climb grass, climb a mountain to get dragon grass in Final Fantasy IV. Let's go with that. Castle, what's your favorite um, castle? You in Final Fantasy 4 you get it in Final Fantasy 5 no, you get it in Final Fantasy 5 alright 5 then there you go perfect then we got another we got all four all three Final Fantasy games on the Super Nintendo awesome favorite ca- memorable castle I mean how do you not uh, pick Figaro the Castle the Blue and Grand Fortress from Skies of Arcadia ah lame your castle doesn't go under the sand I'm kind of going to break away and say Mickey's Castle, because there's always funny in those scenes. What do you mean, Mickey's Castle? How do you pick the desert in Final Fantasy VI, but you don't pick the castle that makes the desert interesting when it's talk about most memorable castle? You guys are crazy. I like variety. You like variety. What what is your fortress? John, what game is your thing from? Skies of Arcadia, the Valuan Grand Fortress. The Valuan, the Valur Grand Fortress. Got Valuan it. Valuan Grand Fortress. Yeah, Valur. Got it. All right. So, Valuan. All right. Bonus question: What's your favorite zone dungeon ever? Um, the Sanctuary of Zeta from Final Fantasy XI. All right. Actually, yeah, that would also be a pretty favorite forest of mine as well, thinking about it. Yeah, it's a forest wood area with really good music and big blue gaboos. Yeah. Yeah, yeah that'll do. All right. That That's the good. ticket. Lock one in. Anna, you got one? Hmm. You go first. I'm sorry, what? You go first. I don't know. There's probably a good dungeon out there that I really like and I can't remember got too many choices now yeah we do have a lot of choices favorite zone or dungeon yeah, I mean, it depends on if it's mmo or not well i used an mmo example mm. yeah you should use the most memor- favorite 
out of both, Anna? I'm going to say the Plague Lands, both before and after the Cataclysm. They're just really fun. I always end up doing them from World of Warcraft. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Otherwise, I'd say the Veld. I don't know if I call oh, it my favorite. It's kind of a boring area. No, it's cool because you get to have Gal there and Gal jumps and stuff and runs away. Mm-hmm. Okay. And you get to hear him say shiny, 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 shiny. Yes, you know, talk about it more. That'll make it. That'll make it more interesting. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I still don't have a favorite. I can't think of one. I know there's a good one, and I don't want to pick wrong. So I'm abstaining. So, all right, one. Oh, not one. Uh, next email is from Shadow Four Six Nine Nine. Says, "Hey, do you think that somehow a racing RPG could be made and not be bad?" Um, well, there's Drift City showing, but, um, hasn't there been some initial RPGs? I have no idea. I don't know of any racing RPGs. I mean, they're out there, but they tend to be sort of medium lows. Well, but his question isn't, are there crappy ones out there? He's like, do you think a racing game could be made and not be bad? Oh, Yeah. Okay. Why not? So our answer is yes. We've had every single other cross-genre, including soccer. Yeah, if they can make a soccer RPG that's good, I think they can make a racing RPG that's good. I'm going to go with that. Um, Weren't we talking about the Winning Post series? Well, that's a horse racing RPG. That's a horse racing simulation game, right? Yeah, but it's made in Japan. You know, they like, you know, putting RPG elements and things. (laughs) Hmm. Flimsy justification, go. Yeah, why not? take a horse through a dungeon and get it uh, level ups and experience points and then it can kill all the other horses and win the race wait no that wouldn't work I don't know how that would work how does um, a racing RPG how do you do the battle system in a racing RPG by the way do you kill all the other cars I'm sorry when do RPGs have to have combat they have to have a competition most certainly I'm saying that's probably why all the other racing RPGs aren't very good they don't have combat uh, I see well, then, um, we need to add stuff to Road Rash. Oh, no. No more Road Rash. <laughs> I can't imagine more of that crappy video capture game. Oh, that's so terrible. Two, not sure if anyone's asked this yet. They probably have. But do you think the Wii U could have some sort of cool thing that'll be fun to have with RPGs? Like if you're playing a tactical RPG and the map of the entire area or the menu is on the controller and the actual game is on the screen. Like, oh yeah, I'm. We're hopefully going to see a ton of this sort of stuff coming out of uh, E3 this year. Well, they I showed mean, that with Zelda. They showed exactly yeah. that. And I mean, last year I think the Wii U was so underwhelming because brought it out. They had a bunch of games that weren't going to be out for two years. They had six demos, three of which didn't work on a regular basis. Um, this year, but I mean, last year they were basically put into a position where they were forced to announce it. This year, I think, because it seems Microsoft and Sony are so adamant that they're not announcing their system, the Wii U can sort of reintroduce itself, and I think we're going to see a lot of cool stuff with that controller. 
Google. Sorry, we're still discussing this racing RPG in the chat room. We have an issue where, like, a lot of the RPG elements that would make sense in a racing RPG are already in normal racing games where you upgrade your cars and stuff. So we really need something to set it apart. And I think dragons are that answer. <laughs> so in other words, you basically have to race around the track and avoid dragons. You have to, yeah, you have to defeat a dragon by driving on the dragon and, like, making it hurt itself and stuff. Very cinematically, it'd be lots of uh, quick time events. And, so it'd be uh, a little bit like Split Second, but with sure. dragons. Absolutely. Um, what's that game where I had to climb on top of the guy's back and stab him, and I was very bad at it? Uh, <laughs> Shadow of the Colossus. Yeah. With with a race car, I like it. Three, there isn't actually no third question. I just like the number three. Oh, thanks, Shadow. He says, you're awesome, teriyaki sauce, Chris. Everyone on the podcast always is. Keep being awesome. Oh, thank you, Trevor. All right, here we go. From Ocelot. Dear RP, I don't have much time. Gasp some more. I've been trapped in these dungeons since late Tuesday, surrounded by horrible monstrosities. I've managed to hold them off thus far, but I need more health orb thingies. Why do zombies explode into health blobs anyway? Never mind. Must concentrate. This may be the last email I send. I pray to the heavens it's not. Damn that Deckard Cain bastard and his damn prophecies. I leave you now with these thoughts. Number one. Best visual art character and environmental design in a video game although a highly subjective question, which RPGs really stand out to you for having awesome overall visual design and direction? Can I be stereotypically cliche here? Absolutely. Well, as far as visual design, um, I think the guys who sit down and develop Super Robot Wars were right when they've kept vast majority of the games in the series in two dimensions, even after everybody else leapt into three dimensions. I think it served them well. I like it. Hmm. Overall visual design and direction. I think I feel like a fan girl because I want to answer this question with more fantasy stuff. Hmm. Uh, I'm going to go with uh, Valkyria Chronicles. Because that has an awesome overall visual design and direction, and that storybook style presentation is just amazing. Yeah, I can agree with that. Yeah, and just and I haven't seen an RPG, maybe um, Eternal Sonata. I haven't seen many other next gen RPGs that really take advantage of the power of these systems to really make a fantasy world jump out like you're in a storybook or a, an, an anime or something like that. All right, prediction number two. Each of you look in the future and predict a surprise announcement at this year's E3. The winner gets extra points. Uh, I predict Valve is going to have their troll throttle on maximum. Their what? How is that a surprise troll announcement? Troll throttle. What does that mean? Well, oh, they, gonna, so, have oh, you seen how many times they've teased um, Half-Life 3 in like the last six months? So they're going to do something to make us think that Half-Life 3 is there and then turn out not be there yeah okay so that's what you mean all right that's that's i don't know that that's a a hard prediction to make but uh i like it 
Surprise announcement. Oh, I had a good one the other day. Uh, hmm. All right. So Microsoft comes out with some... Uh, See, there's nothing surprising. The most likely stuff with these guys is very boring. So what's going to be surprising? Sega release. <laughs> Sega announces news of a game coming out, and they're not going to screw with it? What? I don't know. What would be surprising? I'm just I'm too I'm, I'm cynical now. I'm completely left field, and I'm going to say Microsoft announces a handheld. Microsoft handheld. That's their next console. Hmm. That would be hilarious. Actually. That would be that would be quite the surprise, and it's uh, based on the Zune. <laughs> oh wait, uh, hmm. Well, guess you're really taking that idea and running with it, aren't you? Yeah, why not? Uh, but Microsoft. Uh, no, are we going to see Final Fantasy uh, 15 and 16 announced <laughs> at the same E3 again? We had uh, fourteen and uh, we had thirteen and fourteen announced uh, pretty much back to back. Did we? Were they, were they at the same E three? No, they weren't. The thirteen had a they had a trailer, and then it was like within the same year. It was very surprising how quick it was, but they were not at the same E three. Uh, shoot! Shoot! Shoot, 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 shoot. Um, surprise announcement. Square Enix buys THQ. There's a surprise announcement. Oh, God, that would be hilarious. That would be awesome. All right, that's what I'm going with. Square Enix buys THQ. Saints Row 3 integrated into the Final Fantasy series. Done. It's awesome. All right. Difficulty settings and games. Do any of you play on easy just for the story or perhaps always prefer to set it to super ultra hard for a challenge? Where are the game's yeah, default I'm, settings, what you usually go with? I'm pretty... I mean, Mac is our official easy straight. Mm-hmm. But um, I normally play games on, on incredibly easy difficulties. I was very proud of myself because I played Persona 3 PSP on normal. Um, the only exception to that is Torchlight 2, actually. Really? Because I've been playing on Elite the whole time. Mm-hmm. Nice. In fact, I went back to um, a normal game, and uh, I found it ridiculously easy. So, yeah, I think I've been spoiled. Even our veteran game was pretty easy, but yeah, we had some yeah. moments. It was, and those moments were like, ah, this is the right amount of challenge. But uh... well, the the thing is, is some of those moments are created by the fact that I go herm de derm de derm and just recharge ahead. Yeah, you can't do that in Torchlight. That'll get you killed. Yeah, you don't even want to know how many tests I have my Ember Mage. Hmm. Alright. Uh, oh, I do uh, I do the default settings usually. Um, unless yeah, it's I'm pretty much... I'm a default settings person too. If, if a game like uh, Dark Souls had an easy mode though, I would take it. Because that's a game I'm playing more for the environment and uh, just battling through... Uh, rather than trying to challenge myself, so I do. I do pick. I think Persona Three I did on easy, 
because it's just it was becoming a pain in the butt um and that's Oh, my my plan for Persona 3 was to play through uh, the main game on easy with the male main character and then switch up the difficulty for the female main character. Oh, yeah. That'd work. Like, I I will sometimes uh, pick the increased, like, go up difficulty modes if if the game is being replayed for whatever reason. New game, or New Game Plus. I mean, on my New Game Pluses in Tales games, I'm often... uh, playing on the much harder difficulty settings just to increase the challenge level otherwise it can get a little easy mm-hmm. any interest among the RPG crew for soul sacrifice on the PS Vita is it demon souls on the goal I've honestly never heard of no, I have I not heard of it either uh, Sony to bring Vita title soul sacrifice to America uh, For uh, let's see is this? Da, 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 soul sacrifice, which is unrelated to Demon Souls. It is a multiplayer action game where the player takes on the role of a wizard and teams up with other wizards to fight monsters and demons. Uh, players can't simply cast spells; they must sacrifice something in order to cast, whether it be a small thing like an item or a large thing like a limb or even an ally. So that is uh, that's soul sacrifice. Uh, You're an enslaved wizard, and okay. Oh, Excalibur involves crafting a sword out of your own spine. Uh, Another spell, Gorgon, requires pulling out your eye to make it shoot laser beams, which is awesome. But then, if you keep sacrificing your own body, how will you have? How can you play? Right. I don't know how that works. So that I don't know. That's the first I've heard of it, and uh, see, I I imagine a game like that will not hit the difficulty of Demon Souls. Uh, it'll probably be more action based because that sounds like a cool system. People are going to want to experiment with it, and if you're punishing, you have punishing difficulty that might make it hard to do so. But we'll see. Uh, it sounds like we're getting it, so I'll let you know more when we see some videos and stuff. Number five, a rumored Wii U's launch lineup has recently been leaked on the net. Didn't we cover that last week? Yeah, we did. Yeah, we talked about it last week. Yeah, we did. Okay, so this email got behind. That's okay. And we talked about how we weren't interested in nearly any of the games except a handful of first-party titles we pretty much knew were coming already. Yeah. That's it. That's our feedback. Thank you for writing in. Please write in while our boards are down because it's the only way I can hear from you. And uh, if you don't... Or send in a 30 to 60 second voicemail. voicemail. 608-729-4098 for the email... For the voicemail, 608-729-4098. So do you want to start or end the news with MMO in a minute? I'd like to end it with MMO in a minute. As long as you don't forget this week. As long as you have it, I'm not forgetting it. So first off, for news... Who's been waiting for new Pokemon games? Oh, 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 no. No, no. All right, none of us here. But, but John, do you play them? Um, I buy them, but I tend not to play them. Got very it. Much. That, that's, that's the boat I'm in. I play them for like 10 to 15 hours and then get bored or just forget other things come up. But there'll be another one that I can do that with coming out soon called Pokemon Black and White 2. 
Uh, but before that, we kind of uh, are building the hype with Nintendo here because uh, two of the 3DS downloadable games that they announced over in Japan have been officially announced to be coming here in the fall. First off is Pokemon Dream Radar. That's the one that takes play- advantage of the 3DS motion control and the camera for augmented reality Pokemon catching. So you'll be able to aim with a camera, catch cr- catch Pokemon with a beam, and then you can transfer those Pokemon into Black and White 2. And some of those Pokemon that you get with the Dream Radar are even going to be the hard-to-find ones. So that's cool. Pokedex 3D Pro. This is the replacement for the free Pokedex application, which will be taken away. It'll have all 600 Pokemon unlocked from the start with sorting, comparison, ranking tools, and details on abilities and evolutions traits. And you can um, <laughs> you can take pictures of the Pokemon in... Okay, you can superimpose the Pokemon from the game uh, against the background that you see with the camera on the 3DS. So you could take a, a picture of a Pokemon, you know, kissing your girlfriend or something like that if you wanted to. Because that's what you really needed to do. So, yeah. That totally. Is, so it's like a, yeah, the story here from Shack News calls it a Pokemon wiki. And that's basically what it is. You're buying an encyclopedia and it'll be, we don't know how much they're going to cost here. Uh, in Japan, the Dream Radar is three fifty, and the Pokedex is eighteen dollars. Uh, it seems backwards to me, don't you think? Shouldn't like the the Pokedex yeah. be cheaper, and the the actual searching game that you can play stuff and import into Black and White Two be more expensive? But I guess not. People like their Pokedexes. Uh, Bioware, check this out. Bioware is going to what is that in the thing? Bioware, <laughs> you know the people made Dragon Age Origins and then um, made Dragon Age Two like a year later, and everyone thought like, "What did you rush that for?" Well, this time uh, they're going to get fan feedback, so they are going to be asking a series of questions about what fans would like to see from the series. Uh, and they say, "Consider this conversation between fans, the community team, and the developers." So they're going to post the questions every month, and fans will have a week to, to reply. And the feedback will be used for the universe as a whole. So that includes the non-gaming parts of the franchise, like animated stuff, novels. And they also see- say, it's worth reminding, we're not making promises. We're talking about ideas. We don't guarantee that things we discuss will materialize, and we're not showing anything until we're ready. I was, when uh, it was um, David who pointed out that story to me a couple of days ago, it was like, didn't we do an April Fool's Day that was ba- story that was basically that? Yeah, Com- <laughs> designed by committee for Dragon yeah. Origins three. Well, they liked it, I guess, because they were planning on it. <laughs> uh, yeah, that's uh, that's up at blog.bioware.com. Um, but I, it just if like, you want to follow that, we made an April Fool's joke about it, and then they actually do it. I, 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 just, oh. Yeah, um, it sounds like. Uh, I don't know. I, I, I mean, the biggest thing that's going to help Dragon Age 3 isn't any of this. It's just them spending a lot more time on developing a, a longer, more detailed, um, more asset-containing game. I, it, it just seems like a lot of Dragon Age 2's issues were just because it was like this focused, linear experience that was kind of punted out the door. That's a sequel to this huge, in-depth, four-year development RPG thing. So... I just want to hear that they're taking time. I don't care about them getting feedback. <laughs> Wolf in our chat room says, if there's a Dragon Age 3, I'd just like it to not look like puke. Which, 
Yeah. Right. <laughs> Fair enough. Speaking of stuff that make, makes fans of Kingdoms of Amalur Reckoning want to puke, 38 Studios is having some money issues. So there's a big story earlier this week. They were going to be insolvent because they could not pay back a $1.125 million payment on a loan that they had from the state of Rhode Island, which is where they are homed. Um, they got that payment in. There's still lots more payments to make. So people are like $25 million of payments to still make. So 38 Studios is going to have to come with that money somehow. I assume that the sales of the game um, are not making everything work for them or something. So they're going to have to get some private funding. But in addition to that, they are still trying to work with the state to get some additional funding. And uh, the state obviously has an interest to make them successful because they've got $25 million of their dollars locked up. So they need that loan to be paid back. Wouldn't be good for them if 38 Studios can't pay that loan back. But they're not going to just give them more money. So sounds like the front runner right now is there might be some tax breaks for it but uh the impact to you and me is that uh, if you're looking forward to that mmo that they're going to be bringing out uh they are not in a good state for a company about to launch an mmo you do not want to be in extreme debt before your game comes out um especially one to two years before your game comes out Interestingly, also in these stories, uh, the governor, governor, governor Chaffee of Rhode Island earlier in the week mentioned something like where he thought that the, uh, their next project was due out 2013. <laughs> so he may have leaked some information he had from them. Uh, so if so, that's, uh, that's nice news to know that the MMO would be out next year, but who knows how true that is. Because later he says, well, I don't really know if their title's on schedule. So Anyone missing on Copernicus? No? I don't even know what it is. Oh, that's the uh sorry, that's the code name for the the Kingdoms of Amalur uh MMO. I see. That's the that's the 38 Studios one. That's uh, Kingdoms of Amalur Reckoning is based in the same world as it and Kurt Schilling is the guy who was working at that company. Yeah. That that was the big news that he quit baseball and now he's going to go make an MMO and stuff. So, yeah. Anyway. All right. Uh speaking of companies good at MMO, well, Speaking of companies who have uh, issues around MMOs or online games in general, Blizzard had to apologize this week because if you hadn't noticed, there were some issues around Diablo 3. Um, yes. What were oh. those issues, John? Did you see there was a rather brilliant um, uh, parody review that someone did of world-exclusive Diablo 3 review. Hmm. Someone did. I think you can see it posted by going to www.error37.com. <laughs> which is what I experienced on the first couple of days of trying to play Diablo 3. And uh, obviously they've, they've dealt with most of it. I was able to play it last night, for example. And they put out an apology statement. Uh, this is a big deal. People were really pissed because uh, this online DRM stuff was keeping them from playing their game. And people just wanted to play the game. They didn't care about playing with other people. They didn't care about the DRM. They just wanted to play the game. So it's interesting to see. Because it's relevant now, I'll Mm -hmm. talk about the MMO in a minute stuff about Diablo 3. A bunch of other games took the opportunity to totally rip on it. Like um, Eve put out a big campaign that says, Era 37 means the servers are up in Eve. Come join us. (laughs) All right. Um, I didn't see that. 
uh, oh, there was another one. It was like, it's like some dinky free-to-play was making fun of them too. Hang on, let me find it. Um, yeah, Dragon's Call put up uh, a thing that says uh, Diablo 3, get, Diablo 3 is in hell, play Dragon's Call instead. Hmm. Play Dragon's Call? I don't know what that is. Yeah, like I said, it's just this dinky free-to-play that was totally ripping on Blizzard. (laughs) But um, there was also a a lot of commentary this week about um, all sorts of stuff. Why um, Game Informer had one, why online single-player games are a bad idea. Gamefront had one that said, uh, Diablo 3's botched launch, three reasons why gamers should care. And MMORPG had a really good one called The Devil's Advocate, Doom and Gloom for Diablo 3. <laughs> the Devil's Advocate. Ugh. Yeah. Uh, all right. <laughs> what now, do you actually in get into the game? Oh, yeah. The Devil's Advocate is a regular column that they have. Oh, this is isn't it? just okay. the. Uh, I, I think the best one was one pointed out on Fark that there was a um, there was a shop in France offering discounts on dildos. Okay. For the release of Diablo Three. I was on Lucifer.com's podcast last last night. And this was a story there. So this is. All right. What this is is a promotion by a French sex toy making company um, called. Absolute, which is uh, short for absolutement, which is absolutely. Anyway, so they are going, They what they're doing is you send them a picture on their Facebook page of if if you have been, of you and a copy of Diablo 3. And what it's, do, what you're doing is proving that your spouse or significant other has abandoned you to go play Diablo 3 instead of spending time with you. So once you prove that with your picture, they will send you a small electronic vibrator. Sweet. What's the Facebook page again? <laughs> Facebook.com <laughs> slash absolute. Mm-hmm. So this is, uh, th- that's their promotion. And there are lots of photos up there. And it looks like, you know, none of the photos are dirty or anything. But the photos are kind of silly and then it looks like some people just walked into a store and picked up a copy of the game some people found i I think some people just googled for images of girls holding diablo 3 boxes and just posted them on the facebook page because they really want a vibrator for some reason just a lot of people out there want vibrators yeah it's a big uh big uh big thing apparently get your free french vibrator it's better because it's french right they know romance (laughs) absolutely yeah right so (laughs) i don't know and it's spelled lou l-o-o so whatever weird company name so that 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 is that is what you can do if you're having issues connecting the game you can go take a picture of yourself yeah really at this point you can say the game abandoned you maybe that'll count i don't know dust 514 you're not familiar with that name it's because you're probably not a hardcore eve player if you are uh, that that's still coming out that's still coming out it's oh, getting yeah. closer and closer than ever um a lot of details coming out at e3 they are doing registration for the closed beta so this is a first person shooter but the reason i bring it up is it directly ties into and affects the game of eve online so what you do in the first person shooter will affect the economy and situations of uh, the mmorpg 
So if you are interested in checking that out, there's a closed beta page where you can register. Won't guarantee that you get in. You can find that at secure.dust514.com. Those are the numbers, 514. And you can go sign up for the closed beta and see if you get in. I signed up just to see, because this thing sounds crazy, and I'm totally interested in seeing what they do with this. Just like a lot of people are interested in seeing what people are able to do with this Elder Scrolls Online business. So this is the MMORPG set in the Elder Scrolls universe, but people are kind of worried, you know, Skyrim works because you're by yourself, and you're the hero, and you don't have a bunch of other heroes. You're the most important person in the world, and the whole world basically revolves around you. So how are they going to make that work in an MMO? Well, they just announced as one of the the big things that could make that work is that the main story of Elder Scrolls Online is going to be 100% solo. And they didn't say solo a bull. It is 100% solo. It is just you. So you are the main focus. You're the hero. Everything you do is solo and the world reacts to you that way. That's the main story of Elder Scrolls Online. So does that make it more interesting? Less interesting? Anna, you want to try Elder Scrolls Online? No. No? Not really that interested. Not, not you either, John? All right. I'll give it a shot nope. then. I, mean, I, I, I am an you. MMO player, but n- no, I've just not really been interested in the series enough to consider it. All right. You interested in South Park? No. No? Okay, good. Because ah. that game's been delayed to 2013, the South Park RPG. Ah. Yeah, I was the one who wrote the story. <laughs> That's the one being uh, written by Obsidian, right? So. Yeah, because... Um, uh, Obsidian have had to deal with the layoffs recently, mm. and, and THQ, uh, THQ, had THQ no money. has no money. <laughs> so, perfect storm to delay South Park RPG. Basically, if you are in Europe and are needing something to look forward to besides the South Park RPG, how about Tales of Graces F? On August thirty first, you will be able to get Tales of Graces F in Europe. Uh, there is a day one special edition, including bonus goods that come at no extra cost, including a soundtrack CD, an art book, and a voucher for certain DLC o- costumes and PS3 themes. That's a great pre-order pack. That's awesome. Yeah, I'm, I'm actually, I'm still half tempted to actually pick uh, Graces up again, even though I already bought Graces. You already <laughs> imported it, right? Yeah, and I actually got a number of the, uh, a couple of bonuses just for uh, pre-ordering it on whatever it was, yes, Asia or something. But um, it didn't. My my copy didn't come with the um, uh, soundtrack or art book, which is can mostly what get, I'd be buying the game for. Can we even get the soundtrack in any of the U.S. versions? Sorry, is that soundtrack come with any of the U.S. releases for Tales of Graces? Uh, no. Apparently, your U.S. launch sucks. Yeah, we just have the game, right? No collector's edition whatsoever. I don't know. Yeah, right. apparently that stinks. I really want to play Tales of Graces F. It sounds like it's a good game. But I don't know if I'll ever get to it. So until then, I can keep uh, hating uh, Tales games out of ignorance. I like free soundtracks. That makes me want to import the European version, but then I have to mod my console and stuff. uh... No, you don't. Oh, I don't? It'll just work? PS3, Chris. Okay, okay. So here's my question. What's going to have better voice acting, the British version or the US version? It'll probably be the same. Oh, they won't... But don't they redo things with British accents for you guys? No. Oh. We often just get the, we often no. just get the American track. <laughs> no? All right. That's too bad. They should, because... They, well, they have they to localize things. Like, and, it's not like they redid Xenoblade with American like, accents. Well, no, but that was a low-budget 
localization. But let's see, Tales of Grace. So Sorry, how much you think that Tales is not a low budget series? <laughs> I don't know. All right. So how do I? Where does where does this? I need a place I can import a game from. Let's see how much this costs. Tales of Graces F. I'm going to game, assuming that they actually have it. All right, thirty nine something. Thirty nine ninety nine um, pounds, presumably. Yeah, thirty nine ninety nine pounds to dollars. Yes, it is pounds. Um, sixty three dollars. Okay, sounds about right. That's only so four bucks more than I would pay for it here. New. That's, well, that's that, what new game. That's what new PS. Most PS3 titles get released at forty pounds. Well, the ones to, that price, the ones that price gouge, get released at forty-five, well, which the, is. Oh. I, I thought um, the, that I'd get reamed on the exchange rate more than I was too. So. Let's see how much it costs to ship. <laughs> Maybe after I probably, factor that in, that'll be the thing that adds on. Yeah, I'll figure that out. I'll let you know in a minute. Uh, in between Kingdom Hearts, excuse me, I already spoiled it. <sighs> All right, next story is about Kingdom Hearts. Try to make a transition. I failed. Kingdom Hearts 3D Dream Drop Distance North America release happening July 31st is going to have a special edition. So this I, is. I kind of want this. Yeah, it's like it's kind of shiny. I don't know if it's ten. What is this? Fifteen dollars more than a normal release price for 3DS, or is it just five dollars more? Fifty-four ninety-nine. I don't know what the normal price is. Thirty-nine. Okay, well, so no, because there's the tax. Some of them are forty-four ninety-nine. So this, so is, yeah, 10, this is ten more. to fifteen dollars over and above a normal price. It is going to be called the Mark of Mastery Edition. In it, you get the following. Get this image up. You get the game. You get a set of five alternate reality cards that unlock rare dream eaters in the game for you. 12 art cards. You get a Kingdom Hearts branded 3DS protector case and cooler, niftier packaging. So ultimately, as I think about it after a while, it looks neat and you get the case and you get the extra Dream Eater stuff in the game. I realize that you're just paying a lot for presentation and not for anything else. So I don't think this is worth the money, personally. But Anna's excited for it. What? Oh, right. Yeah, I know why you want this. Because it's... yeah. See, Anna has a birthday in July. And so she kind of wants uh, someone to buy this for her for her birthday. At least I assume that's what she's going to for. you. I'm putting it on my birthday list in general. <laughs> yes, because I, I would totally not buy you a present just because I don't want it. That's how I decide whether or not I get a present for someone else. Would I want that? Well, I certainly can't buy them for that for them. <laughs> oh, let's see. Atelier Meruru. This is the third in the PS3 series of games. It has been delayed in the U.S. by just a week. So it should have been out this week. It will be out the week after. Uh, May 29th is the new date. There was some sort of issue in the manufacturing process, but it's been resolved. So just a short little delay. And uh, Wolf apparently is really excited for Is anybody else playing this game? Just uh, just Sam Marcello? Uh, my housemate is. But Your housemate I'm is? I'm not. Okay. Hmm. 
You are not. Why are you not? Do you not like them? Have you played them before? Not a fan? Uh, I'm just, it's just something I'd like to get around to playing, but I just haven't yet. Ah, okay. I'm having serious issues getting to the checkout page on game.co.uk. What is up with this crap? Their site... You know, this is why they can't make any money. Their darn site doesn't work. No, site, the site's been... Site, yeah, game site's usually been fine for me. Mm. Usually. I'll just reload it. All right. So, let's see. What else we got? We got some more stories for you. Don't worry. Don't despair. How about more Tales information? So, this is a big one. There's a new Mothership entry to the Tales games that was announced. And I'm going to trust you to know more about this. I'm going to know that you more know more about this than me, John. So help I me. do. You know Tales games? You import them from Japan. Yes, I do. So, the, gen- the general problem here, though, is there's no further information other than it exists and it looks like it's got a modern setting. That's hey, it. that's new info. All right. So it's a modern style sci-fi game, or at least more modern. And it's in the mother. So what is a mothership title mean well Everyone basically um the mother the mothership titles refers to basically non-spin-off games so there's a big connected continuing story with no 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 just the fact that they're not just the fact that they're not spin-offs oh as in they, there's no connecting story they're just not sort of side things like um oh, i don't understand uh, tell- if there's no connections how are they not how do you distinguish a spin-off versus a non-spin-off? Uh, by spin-off, I mean stuff like uh, the Narakiri Dungeon series, uh, Tales of the World Radiant Mythology. Um, what else? Uh, the that uh, the PSP fighting game, uh, the uh, Brave Heroes, that kind of thing. So, like, uh, Tales of Graces think... F was a mothership title, then? Yeah, Graces F was a mothership title. Okay. Or it was a... Uh, it was a graphical up, uh, graphical and sort of uh, feature upgrades to a mothership title, which okay. was Tales of Graces. Sure, sure. Um, I think if you ask Wheels, though, the real reason why the, um, they made the distinction between the mothership titles and the other ones was so they could ignore Tales of the Tempest because it was crap. Uh, they made some... Wait, what? Uh, Tales of the Tempest was... Just a regular Tales game. Yeah. But after they released it, and it was crap, um, they basically made the distinction between Mothership and Escort titles and then shifted Tales of the Tempest and uh, as the first Escort title. Hmm. As to sort of remove it slightly from the uh, the sort of the, the, the Tales brand. Slightly. So if there's a new Earthbound title, is it just a ship? <laughs> Uh, Very funny, Anna. Boo. Boo. That's what I say. Boo. Huh. This is weird. But yeah, so Mothership is basically the the important ones you can pay attention to, and the Escort ones are just sort of little side games that you can probably ignore, depending on how much you like or don't like the series. Fair enough. Mothership. 
It just sounds so weird. When Actually, it's, uh, it made so me think like, oh, these are the titles that take place in this one universe where everything's inside one big mothership or something. It's like no. uh, Telltale um, kind of phrases it like basically the difference between the numbered Final Fantasy games and the non-numbered Final Fantasy games. Did you games. explain why why the word mothership to describe that? No idea. Okay. Uh, Presumably the idea of just some guy in the marketing department at Namco or something. Okay then. Hmm. Right, then. Sorry, I'm still working on my Tails import order here. So, let's see. Tails goes modern. Ah, right. This is a cool one. So, if you like the Pokemon games that are coming out soon, and I'm sorry I didn't do this earlier. Pokemon Black and White 2, we know it's coming out soon. Uh, at least in Japan. I don't know when it's coming out here. Do we know when it's coming out here? Probably late this fall. Sorry, I thought... I assume it's coming out after those new apps. No, I think the apps are coming into the game. All right, well, I'll, I'll get up the, the release date. But in the meantime, we have uh, a video. This is cool. So there's a video that they, you know, the people who do the Pokemon animes, they made to promote... Um, why would I watch a video for a release date? Stupid YouTube. All right. So they they released a video for to pr- promote Black and White 2, and it's out, and it's five minutes long. It's pretty cool. It's very anime, and it shows off characters from the game. Uh, you see who your character is. You see who your rival is. You see um, the girl, the, the trainer who was not so... Um, the girl trainer who was kind of clumsy, not, not so good. Uh, in the first game, she's back. Uh, they show some of the gym leaders and some of the villains, and it's all presented anime style with kind of melodramatic voice acting and and kind of cool music and stuff. So you can see a very long introduction to Black and White 2 that is out there, and you can view it right now. Uh, Andrea Sang has it. If you just search for Black and White 2 um, you know, trailer or something like that, you should be able to Google it up and uh, get a taste of it. Uh, and our date, as far as I can tell, is fall 2012. We don't really know exactly when. All right, no one's excited about that. How about this? Tetsuya Nomura. You know the guy what made Final Fantasy VII? <laughs> he did it all by himself because in a weekend, Because right? that's the only thing he's ever done. Yeah, but remember, that's supposed to be the best Final Fantasy VII ever, right? No. Yes, the Final Fantasy VII is ever. the best Final Fantasy VII ever. Yeah. I am certainly inclined to agree with this. Is uh, Did Nomura actually make that game, or is he just the tech character designer? I can't, remember, make... what, I can't remember what Sakaguchi position Sakaguchi would have still seven. been around, right? So he surely didn't make seven. But anyway, he's the dude in charge of making a lot of the Final Fantasy games right now. Uh, and the Kingdom Hearts games. Uh, in a, he's the producer for a lot of them, and character designer. Uh, Yoshinori Kitase, however, he says is his true successor to the Final Fantasy series. Kitase is the director on a lot of the Final Fantasy titles. And he thinks that he is the successor to the series, uh, mostly because, you know, Sakaguchi's not at Square anymore. So it's good that he's giving Kitase a uh, a little a little bump there because, you know, a lot of people aren't so thrilled with Kitase what, with their disappointments in Final Fantasy thirteen and thirteen two. Uh that was that said, uh, a lot of us here like thirteen too, um, and I like thirteen. Um, but I know that there's a large amount of people out there on the internet not so thrilled with thirteen and that direction. I would say uh, I would say there's an amount of vocal people on the internet Very that vocal. don't like yeah. thirteen. And thirteen too definitely did nothing to really make them happy with it. <laughs> 
So anyway, Nomura is sitting here trying to give him a bump, but he also mentioned this interview that they did in Famitsu that there, he admits that there's a desire for a Final Fantasy VII remake out there, but the focus now is on making new titles, and they're working on making new games that match or even top Final Fantasy VII. So more news, or not news, just more confirmation that Square Enix really isn't interested in making a new Final Fantasy VII remake. So, Which I personally feel is a good thing. Do you? Okay. Yes. You'd rather see Nomura make more stuff with zippers and belts? Yeah, pretty much. Okay. Well, if that's the case, there we go. What about you, Anna? I'm, Which way do you fall on that? I mean, we. I was going to say, we had the discussion on the podcast, uh, I think it was a few months ago, that even if Square Enix did make a Final Fantasy VII remake, nobody would like it. Well, someone would like it who's actually looking at it objectively, I bet. Yeah, it's just there, nobody would ever be able to come to any kind of agreement over how much stuff from the old game should be changed yeah. and how much should be kept. That, that is the issue, right? Yeah. Well, I would just and say make something fun and, you know, whatever you're able to work in. Nobody, great, and nobody will don't. ever be happy with it. You, you know, yeah. even if they changed, say, for example, the grammatical errors in the translation, people would probably right. still get pissed you, at that. I mean... I was really mad when they took Son of a Submariner out of Final Fantasy VI. It's why I don't like the GBA translation. I mean, the GBA translation is clearly superior, but they took out Son of a Submariner. Yeah, turned it into Son of a Samadorm. Yeah. You know, and this, uh, like, taking out the line, this guy are sick. Yeah, do you take that out? Do you leave it in? Like, Uh, you better take it out. That's pretty infamous. But it's infamous, Chris. No, no. It's part of the game. Then play the old one. <laughs> How do you justify taking it out? I do, because it's going to get a proper translation. If you want the old one, play the old one. It's still there for you. See, that's the thing. You can't. They, developers can't be shackled to the old one. I mean, if you do that, they will not be able to make a good game. You can't shackle them like that. They have to, make, they have to do their remake right. Unless their remake is to be ironic and poking fun at the old game. In which case, yeah, keep this guy our sick in there. <laughs> I don't know. Tales strategy game. Check this out. So if you're in Japan and you like to play social games, because they have a lot of those on websites and Gree and stuff like that, you can play this one on uh, KDDI's AU Smart Pass program. I don't know what it is. But it's a Tales strategy RPG type game. And it'll be on KDDI Android devices. Only in Japan... I don't know if it'll be out in the U.S., but I bring it up because it looks like a cool thing. It involves Tales things, and our readers like Tales. So if you have a way of playing (laughs) Japanese social games on your phone, you're in. You know, funnily enough, I actually don't. Hmm. That's too bad, so you can't get into this then. (laughs) No. I just thought oh I, I thought it was cool. They should they should bring this out here. Why don't they bring these sorts of games here? So there's a lot of these like there's a Final Fantasy social game on Gree G R E E, which is a big Japanese social networking gaming site um, that is not here in the U S. And apparently it's one of the biggest money makers for the social the social gaming scene itself is kind of swamped with what Western developers produce. I don't think in in terms of um, like. The, the amount of people that you need f- to be playing a social game, in order, particularly a free one, in order for it to turn a, any kind of profit at all, I think the RPG fans may be kind of sort of overstating their importance in the market. I just think it's an easier sell in Japan. Hmm. 
Because uh, I mean, the numbers say that uh, something like only between one and three percent of your uh, of a user base will uh, pay for items, which means you need a fairly hefty user base in order to turn a profit from your users. And if they if they don't think that they will actually ever be able to get the num- the numbers needed to turn a profit, they just won't bother bringing it over. I guess I just there's so many social games here that are crap and they're doing pro- and they even make money off it. So why can't they bring out like Final Fantasy Brigade? I, I just don't get it. Uh. Because when they did that card um, exploration Facebook game, they thought it was going to be hot stuff because it was Final Fantasy. The problem was is that you were overcharging for it. Mm-hmm. Like criminally overcharging for it. I think the smallest denomination you could buy was ten bucks. Wait, there's a card game for Final yeah, Fantasy well, on, on okay, Facebook. Okay, you, know you know how Castle works? Yeah. Where you like click and you fill up the bar towards completing a mission. They had that was the main part of the game. You could also PvP. You could also collect cards. The cards were your classes. Yeah. And you set them up in offensive and defensive formations for PvP, and some had a buff that worked on PvE missions, and you could combine them together, and you could add and remove elements from them, and yeah. Yeah, this, like, I can't even find that on Facebook right now. I'm sure it's it was... Go- even- it's gone. It's gone. Ugh. It shut down. That's lame. Because, again, they're, they were horribly, horribly overpriced. I mean, it wasn't a bad game, but it's just the imagination. It was actually really good. It was like everything that I want Castle Age to be. Mm-hmm. But God, it was just so prohibitively expensive. But no and the problem was is that, well, I don't think anybody was buying anything. Okay. Lots of people were playing it. Oh. Like, I mean, I went onto my game account, and I, I had something like 150 allies. Mm-hmm. I mean, which is pretty good since my game account only has like 300 friends. Sure. I mean, half of them are playing this next game. Yeah. But the problem was is um, two things. One, the currency was ridiculously expensive, like I said. I'm pretty sure the smallest denomination you could buy was 10 bucks, which is stupid. There should be a Like, no question to ask. But two, some of the stuff that they were asking you to buy was just super ridiculously expensive. Like ten bucks would be ten tokens, and expanding your bank was twenty tokens. Okay. So like, who in their right bloody mind is going to spend twenty dollars to expand a bank? I can't think of anyone. Yeah. No. The only so uh, they, they didn't they didn't have enough impulse buys. The things that were sort of the the quality of life things that people would like to get faster were just too expensive. Well, you know what's not expensive? MMO Roundup. We give it to you here every week for free, and I think it's about time we kicked it off. Yay! Okay, World of Warcraft, Miss Pandaria Beta, has numerous quality of tweaks and new Pandaria dances. Males now do the party rock anthem, and females do Carmel dancing. Runes of Magic announces two new classes as part of a large content patch. Aeon details warehouse crafting seasons and more. Vampires breaks 250,000 open beta test players. DC Universe Online has the last laugh. New Joker expansion, including Mark Hamill voice acting. Area Games launches an eternal update. Rock Online swims to Port Malaya. Conquer Online turns nine. Happy birthday. 
birthday. Age of Conan turns four. Happy birthday. As did two turns one. Happy birthday. Torchlight 2 holds stress test beta weekend. And Adventure Quest launches action figure line. An action figure line? Yes. Oh, goodness. <laughs> so I don't pictures? know anybody that plays Adventure Quest. I, but I don't it is know a what ridiculous. It is. Adventure Quest is um, a flash web game. And these have been around for years Battle-on. and years. Battleon.com. Yeah. These have been around for years and years and years. Uh, I think the company's Four Ticks or something like that. Okay. And yeah, it's like, you wouldn't think these games are popular, but they have something like 250 million registered users. Huge. Massively popular, incredibly successful, and uh, yeah, they're they're putting out this line of action figures. It's where to start, and they're planning on having more. Yeah. All right. Anyways, check it out. The right the thing that I thought was really cool this week is Ion is actually adding seasons to the game, and it'll actually reflect like real world seasons. So when it's spring here, it'll be spring in the game. Okay. I think that's just—I don't know—it's kind of cool. Hmm. And action figures—you get them for free? Or you have to uh, pay. No, you pay for them. You don't get them like you earn them by playing the game a lot or something. No. No. <laughs> no. Available May 18th, so they're out now. All right. Well, that's it for the news. Let's see. What do we got coming up down the pike? Oh, Dragon's Dogma is coming out this week, May 22nd. I'm hearing a lot of good buzz about this. People are are enjoying this a lot more than I thought they would, so that's really cool. I can't wait to see reviews for that. Speaking of reviews, we got three reviews up right now on the site. Risen 2, Diablo 3, and Atelier Miruru. We have reviews for them all up on RPGamer.com. Go there and read them. Check out what we thought of those games. Um, hint, I don't uh, think there's a negative review in the bunch, but so. I would like to point out after reading Adrian's Diablo 3 review, there is absolutely no reason why I can't review Diablo Okay. All right. <laughs> so let's talk about what we've been playing. Have you been playing a lot of Torchlight 2? Oh, yeah. Oh, man. Um, so this weekend is the stress test beta, so I haven't been logged in um, yesterday today because it was just a little too crazy. But um, I got really excited because I did manage to get into a game with uh, three other players and we four-man through the final dungeon. And uh, so I now completed Act 1, and I was playing an Ember Mage. And um, initially when I started her, I was playing Ice Spec. But um, I was getting up to about level 8 and 9, and it just didn't really feel right to me. So I went back to town. You can only spec up to level 10 right now in the beta. And so I took all my points out of uh, out of ice, and I put them all into what's called Storm. And Storm is a lot of um, random elements slash status effects. So I have uh, prismatic bolts and um, prismatic storms and all sorts of really fun stuff. And uh, I wield a one-handed wand and a shield. And I have a very, very large skull on top of my head. I'm sort of mishmash a little bit in my armor. But yeah, 
Um, it you're capped out at level 21 for the beta. Um, I think max level in the real game is 100 or so. So the last uh, dungeon is in in the first act, definitely challenging. And uh, major twist about who the boss is in the last dungeon, so I'm not going to spoil it. But when I realized there was, I was very sad. And um, yeah, other than that, we played a little bit this week. And we're playing mm-hmm. two melee characters together. Yes. So I'm playing a berserker. Yeah, and I was an engineer. Right. So I have been sticking to... Uh, for a while, I was two one-handed claws, and I'm two one-handed swords, because I'm just finding better swords right now. And the swords have better splash damage. Um, cool thing is, is because I'm using two identical one-handed weapons, um, I can... Um, I get a chance to execute. So I basically wait until the boss runs after you and I come up behind it and I start stabbing it and I'll get executes and stuff. So the Berserker is really cool because it has a bar. Oh, okay, all of the all classes have a bar. And when the bar either fills up or empties, you get a special effect. So in the case of the Ember Mage, once you fill it up, you can cast all spells at zero mana. Mm-hmm. Just super awesome. Um, and in the case of the Berserker, um, he fills it up and he gets nine seconds of basically Berserker gang, where he's completely made out. I think it's nine seconds to start. I think I have mine popped up to 14 seconds right now. Yeah, I just go completely um, insane when I'm in Berserker gang. It's awesome. And mm-hmm. I'm, I'm surprisingly liking the character so far. My only... Um, iffy is that I'm having because we're on veteran, our drop rates are affected slightly, so I don't feel I'm as equipped as I maybe could be. So I think we got up to level ten. I don't remember. Yeah, about that. So we're and we finished two out of the five dungeons. Mm. So yeah, I'm really enjoying it so far. Um. It's pretty much exactly what I expected it to be and exactly what I wanted it to be. And, uh, yeah. What about you? How, um, how do you think Torchlight do? Yeah, we now played you play it. Torchlight and, 2 and Diablo 3. Yeah, we played it some, and uh, it definitely felt uh, nice and smooth, and they, they're developing a, a good game over there. Um, and then I went over to Diablo 3 and realized this is the game I'd rather be playing. Quite frankly, <laughs> I just I don't know what it is, but the feel of the game. I don't like Torchlight 2's art style. Uh, I think is part oh, of what fair. it is. I don't like the um. It's not the art style that's bad. I it's a very good art style. It's uh, the setting. It's so bright and cheerful, and it's not exactly what evokes the sense of nostalgia for Diablo 2 that Diablo 3 does. Yeah, so. I like the fact that it's bright and colorful and there's still stuff exploding into itty-bitty giblets. Yeah, see? And uh, I'm sure I will enjoy the heck out of Torchlight 2 when it actually comes out. But right now, when I'm, I played some Torchlight 2 and then I went over and logged in Diablo 3, I realized I, realized I really like playing Diablo 3 because it feels, um, it feels new. It feels modern. Like, uh, it, it's not just Diablo 2 again. It's like... We actually thought through and added some stuff and and made a lot of changes, so it's a whole new system to explore. I don't feel the uh, 
kind of the sense of dread of like, oh, I got to worry about what skill tree to be going down. And then I'm going to get all the way down there and realize I did made some bad choices. Now, how do I do that again? And oh, now I got to find some, I, I, I don't know. Uh, it's, there's just none of that with Diablo 3. It's, it's very different. And so I'm really excited to explore how that system works out. Now, I may end up hating that system too. And maybe I'll go back to Torchlight 2, like, be like, hey, I'm glad you guys didn't screw with it. But for right now, um, what I've played at Diablo 3 is like, yeah, that's the game I kind of want to be putting my time into. Um, so men are from Tristan and women are from Torchlight? Yeah, men are from, from Tristan, women are from Torchlight. That's, <laughs> that's, that's my theory right now. Uh, that seems to be the way it's working out. <laughs> Uh, no, of course. When you, you say that, you get slack for that. <laughs> I did not. No, you did. You're the only one who got that. Oh. Yeah, you got somebody really didn't like when you retweeted that. <laughs> uh, it's like, how dare you say that Diablo Three is better? It's like, well, okay, sorry. <laughs> so far, I'm enjoying it more. I'm sure Twitchlight Two will be, turn out fine. <laughs> <laughs> uh, what else have we been playing? Oh man, I've been playing the heck out of Double Survivor mm-hmm. too. So last week I was talking about the that I was stuck on. It was at the end of day two. And I am now at the start of day four. And uh, the the hiccups are really interesting. Um, the story is actually really interesting because it turns out that um, the boss that I face so far are all named after the Big Dipper. Star, the Big Dipper. Okay. So there's seven days and seven stars. Okay. But I'm trying to just going off my experience with the SMT series. That either gonna that that's gonna mean one of two things. It's gonna mean number one that there'll be one star per day, and, or day six I'm gonna get two stars, and then day seven the real boss is gonna show up. Mm. And I'm trying to decide which way it's gonna go. Now I think it's just gonna be the seventh star on the seventh day. Because that's basically the way that it worked in um, Double Survivor 1. The last bell was the last day. So, although um, I'm really digging this this fate thing in the game. So basically, as you talk with people, um, both in scripted events and in optional events, you get various things that you can say to them. And I've sort of been kowtowing to each person's personality, like Joe's a flake, so I don't correct him when he screws up saying something. And um, EO wants to be very strong-willed, so you know you don't treat her like she's a girl or anything like that. You don't treat her like she's a wimp. And... Um, which is nice because the main female character in Devil's Rare One sort of desperately needed to be coddled. And he was like, don't coddle me. You know, just treat me like everybody else. So, um, a lot of deaths. Uh huh. And part of that is plot, and part of that is. No, I mean, part of it is unpreventable, and part of it is preventable. So the idea is, is there's the Niche network, and I'm sure I'm saying that wrong, N-I-C-A-E-A, and basically they've been emailing me death clips. So okay. at the start of the game, this is something that, remember, we saw it at E3 last year. At the start of the game, everybody in my party gets a death clip on their phone where they see the train crashing down on top of them, and they all die. Uh-huh. Well, because they it's happening, they get out of the way, and the train doesn't squish them. 
So as these days have been going on, I've been getting more and more death clips, and I've been able to prevent all of them so far. And, uh, yeah, it's been pretty Okay. Cool. Really liking it. Um, more... The the more I'm getting into it, the more and more I'm appreciating the mix of new demons and tra- the traditional demons because I find that some of the new ones are filling in nice gaps that I felt were sort of bothersome before. Like every once in a while in Persona 3, you basically get a section where it's like you go up five levels, but there's only one demon fuse, maybe two. This, it's like... There's a couple every level, depending on what kind of play style that you like. And of course, there's so many more people that you can have optionally in your party. That I'm experimenting a lot more with my setup than I have in previous games. Like, uh, it doesn't ignore agility, but I've always found it to sort of be a secondary stat. But I've actually built like this awesome team of two demons and one of the main heroes and they're all high agility stat uh-huh and they rip face okay <laughs> and yeah i think i bored you enough uh very much very very <laughs> much but uh, i'm glad to hear you're enjoying the game right <laughs> uh all right so what did i play i played a couple things um more terra played some Diablo 3 as I mentioned I've only had like five hours or so to play Diablo 3 because uh, first couple nights I had connectivity issues the next night I was digging through getting all my old instruction books and stuff for Diablo series to catch up on all the lore again and refresh myself on it and I'm enjoying delving into that all again and hey you you still have to read them all to me in Deckard Cain's voice I will not be doing that because that would take hours you can you can read them yourself and imagine it it'll be great I think the manuals for Diablo 1 and 2 are on Blizzard's website even, so... Okay. <laughs> uh, let's see. For... Oh, what else is there to say? So Diablo 3, I'd love to have more impressions for you other than uh, I'm enjoying it so far, but I haven't gotten past what I played in the beta already, so I will have to hold off till next week, and I don't think anyone else has been playing it much. Wait, John's been playing it, so maybe he'll talk about it. But beyond that, I've been reading the Diablo 3 The Order book, and I gotta tell you, unless you're really into the lore of Diablo... Don't get that book. It's poorly written and it's poorly acted in the audio recording. It is completely overdone and totally campy. Uh, it is. It's just so overwrought, over overproduced, and is not good. But if you're okay with the campiness and want to get more of the backstory about what happened between Diablo Two and Diablo Three, that is the book for you. So check it out then, in either printed or audiobook form. You will be disappointed. Uh, let's see. What else do we have for that? There was something else. Oh, I can't remember it. Oh, no. Uh, I've been playing Terra, but nobody wants to hear about that. So I guess that's it. John, what have you been playing? Um, I've been playing um, Anno 2070 a lot this week, which um, has a new expansion announced for it. Okay. Sometime, which will come out sometime later this year. Um, I've gone back to playing League of Legends as I've managed to get uh, David interested in it. Okay. And, um, well, I have done... uh, Where am I in Diablo 3? I think I'm still somewhere in the latter half of the first act, but after where you can stop in the beta. And I think 
it's not really a problem, but I was never that interested in Diablo's lore at all. I mean, when I played the original um, Diablo, it was because it was a fun hack-and-slash dungeon crawler, not because it was in any way interesting as far as the storyline was concerned. And that kind of really carries over to Diablo 3. As I just kind of... It's it, it functionally, like, gameplay-wise, it's, it's, it's a pretty fun game, you know, going around um, blowing up the, the legions of the undead with your uh, Macross missile... Magic miss, Macross magic missiles. Mm-hmm. Um, but be, sort of beyond that, you know, it's like I don't really care about the characters and I don't really care about the lore and I sort of generally don't care about the storyline. Um, so there's not really a lot for me in Diablo 3, and the only reason I'm playing it is because I got it free. Okay. With the with the with the uh, World of Warcraft annual pass. Oh, all right. And it's like, you know, fun- functionally, it, it's a polished Blizzard title, but ultimately, it's just something in which I go and play just to blow zombies up, mm. rather than, I don't know, for any kind of law purposes because i just don't care well if you've played starcraft you kind of know the diablo story Um, (laughs) and if you played warcraft you kind of know the diablo story uh well actually no warcraft is so convoluted you can't compare them anymore but yeah uh it's the same crap it's you know order versus chaos and and humanity caught in the middle and which is which is the starcraft story but so i don't know if you don't care about it, you don't care about it. But uh, the games are fun, so I don't know. That's yeah, the game, the, game itse- the game itself is 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 fun to play. It's a it's as I said, it's a polished Blizzard title. It's uh-huh. got it. The, the game is well constructed, um, and it you know it handles pretty well and it looks nice. But ultimately, you know, I'm not really playing it for. <laughs> I'm playing it because it's fun to blow zombies up, hmm. and okay. it was free. That's about it. So. Yeah. I managed to get three days past lunch before Chris realized I hadn't even downloaded it. And then I got yelled at. Mm. Yeah, you were supposed to play it with me, and you hadn't even installed it. I was like, come on. Well, if you guys yeah, do it over and if you guys I said, do hey, I installed it, it, you said, oh, we'll play single player first, which just made me go cur. Well, that's how you do it. Oh, I don't know. Well,. If you ever need a spare body. A spare body. <laughs> I do yeah. like that you just, if your friends are playing, you can just go on and um, check their games and just jump right in. And that's really cool. Uh, yeah, I, I did that with uh, Phil, JCS on RP Gamer. Just jumped into his game randomly at one point, and then I lagged out. I felt bad. He jumped into my game last night, but I was AFK doing some other stuff. And then I came back and saw that he had chatted a bunch to me, realized I was AFK and left. <laughs> I was like, "Oh no, it didn't tell me." I mean that the, 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 that that general structure is is well thought out, and the that that system works pretty well. Yeah, for doing co op play. The only thing I don't like personally is if you switch um, if you switch regions um, because you can play globally. Um, there is actually a separate uh, character list and achievement list for each region you play in. Um, which means I have, you know, one hero list on the um, European servers and one hero list on the American servers and uh, associated achievement lists, which kind of means that if I 
I, I, I can sort of divide time between the two and only unlock sort of the same things because I do the same achievements or something. Hmm. I sort of have to commit to one in order to get a sort of good time ratio. Yeah, yeah, yeah. No, that makes sense. Makes sense. Oh, what to think about. Um, cool. Was there anything else you played? No, that's it. That's it? All right. Well, that's all I played. I've got a... I, I, David uh, very kindly bought a uh, pre-order for um, Max Payne 3 because that isn't out until uh, June 1st for PC. So oh. I have some... I should have, be able to talk about that some. But you're going to have to give me a couple of weeks. <laughs> okay. All right. Well, uh, I think that's a wrap for the show then. Uh, Pretty much. Thank you both for being here today. It was a shorter cast. Thank you all for listening. If you'd like to listen to us live, it's 9 a.m. Pacific, noon Eastern in general, and rpgamer.com slash live, and we will be back next week as per normal. Um, Also, podcast at rpgamer.com. Message boards are coming soon getting those back up after our terrible servers thing we're gonna have some temp boards up at first and then we will hopefully get all our old data back and let's see oh 608-729-4098 that's our voicemail number and that's how you can send us a 60 to 30 second voicemail to be read on the show or to be played on the show uh i think that's it thanks everyone for joining us we're gonna see you next week and until then goodbye everybody bye-bye now <laughs>